get the show started. Episode number 22. We are here speaking with Jen Marie. We're super excited. One little thing that we wanted to read out, which is right there on our, on our site. Jen Marie is a sensational recording artist and songwriter from Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a background in journalism spanning almost a decade. Jen Marie has returned to her true passion for storytelling through the magical realms of music and art. She uses cutting-edge AI and blockchain technology tools to craft art beyond mere entertainment, aiming to educate, inspire, and empower audiences worldwide. By onboarding new holders to cryptocurrency and decentralized media content, she is revolutionizing how we experience and support artists. Jen Marie takes you on a melodic adventure, blending her soulful voice with innovative technologies to create a genuinely immersive and groundbreaking musical experience. So excited to talk to you. How are you doing tonight, Jen? How's it going? It is going really well. It is Taco Tuesday, so I got to indulge a little bit, so I'm having a good time. Oh, Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we have multiple reasons to be celebrating. Not only is it an artist spotlight, but we're also celebrating. You got a song that also is a uh, on uh, artist spotlight, also mint party, and also Taco Tuesday. So it's it's an, all around a lot of reasons to be celebrating. So no, I definitely been looking forward to this. And thank you so much for rescheduling. We felt bad. We had a bunch of stuff come up on the last time a week ago, and we had to reschedule for tonight. So thank you. I want to personally thank you uh, for rescheduling with us. But oh, anytime stuff happens, stuff happens. Yeah, no, that's uh, how it goes. But I appreciate it regardless. And so, um, yeah, just want to start from the beginning. Uh, in case we have any new listeners here, uh, what style of genre of music would you say in your own words you create? You know, I'd say, like, I'm an R&B artist, but the more I, like, do music, like, I am really in my pop bag. I love good dance music. I love for people to have a good time. So I really do make music that is for the brunch parties, that's for, like, the pregame before the concert. So, like, I love, you know, just really good dance music. But my my heart and soul started in, like, gospel and R&B. Okay, nice. No, and I definitely hear those influence, or that influence. Like, your music definitely is pop, but it has a lot of soulful influence for sure. And so that makes a lot of sense. That's uh, your background. And, and so that's actually kind of my next question, really. Like, what age did you, like, really first find yourself, you know, into music or, like, what, or, or really when you were a kid and, like, you knew you wanted to, you know, do it professionally or as a career or assuming that that was an early, you know, choice for you? So I start like, so in my family, it wasn't, you know, how there's some artists that are like, oh, yeah, I, you know, started off doing music when I was like two years old, blah, blah, blah. I came from a very musical family. My mom, my grandmother, my uncle, like everybody like knows how to sing and play some sort of instrument. So it wasn't like I was this prodigy with a voice. It's like, oh, you know how to sing? Oh, you're related. Like it, it tracks. But it wasn't until like 97, like there was a um, a talent show at my elementary school. And I sang, I kid you not, Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. I'll never forget because I had on this, um, and I actually have the VHS tape. Like that's how old I am. Um, and I sang Part of Your World in this like little sailor dress. And like I just, from there, I just knew like I enjoy being in front of people and just entertaining people. 
Like, it doesn't matter. Like, give me a microphone. Like, I can hum any tune. I can sing any song on the radio. Um, and I just knew that it was something that I wanted to do. I just didn't know exactly how it would transpire. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is something I, I definitely could see myself doing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And that's cool. It started out super early for you. And, you know, a lot of times performing is like scary. I feel like a stressful experience. And But I, I think if you do it at a young enough age, it's almost like you can like a lot of kids are able to do that where things that normally would stress out adults or like, like older kids, like for some reason, when kids are younger, they get less stressed about it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Everything is so much more fun and playful. And so that makes sense. Like what a perfect time to, you know, just be onboarded to live musical experience. Like, I mean, that's one of the greatest joys in the world, right? Performing live for an audience and having them really connect with your music. Oh yeah. I love it. It's, it's one of those things to where like I can have a shitty day and if I have to perform at an open mic or a show or something, like, whatever I was going through that day, like, it means nothing. Like, when I get in front of people and, like, I hear, like, a beat drop and I'm just like, let's just have a good time. Like, we could die tomorrow. So let's live it up today. <laughs> no, there's a lot of truth in that statement, though, for sure. Um, you know, I'm just a music fanatic myself. So it's like uh, basically just needed to thrive on man. whenever I need that extra energy or winding down or, you know, it's like the ultimate thing to mirror whatever mood essentially I'm in. Um, but that's awesome. And so was something that you d started doing, like, did you start performing more as a younger kid, like in other ways uh, live or was that uh, or have you uh, performed also still live or is that uh, something you've, you've not done as much in the later years? So I... Well, I performed at any talent show that I could, like, growing up, any talent show, any school play, any school musical, like, anywhere that I could perform, like, I was there. Um, but I'm a classically trained flute player, so I've been playing the flute since I was 10 years old, so that was a way for me to, like, perform solos and be in orchestra and, you know, perform in symphonies for, like, musicals and different things like that, so I've always been in some form or fashion in the music and entertainment, um, if you will. It just depends because I have like a background in music and my family is all in music. It makes it easier for me to wear it, whether I'm singing a song or playing an instrument, like I literally get in where I fit in. But I've only just now started, I want to say like in 2016, 2017 was really when I started performing on a constant basis to where it's like oh man like if the crowd is not feeling me like I'll know and I have to figure out and recalibrate like you know what part of my show you know I can tweak to make sure that from like start to finish like people are having a good time which that's like a tricky part because you know art is subjective no it is a hundred percent but I mean hey that's the name of the game I mean it's about pivoting I feel like you know and being able to go in the moment like you described and you know especially in a live show man sometimes you never know what's gonna happen um you know, like, oh gosh I'll tell you might be technical things to who knows what you know people fighting <laughs> sometimes you know you're on top of that stage and you really can make a big difference for sure um no that's awesome and so uh like so you started playing the flute you're saying so was that something you did at a very young age as well just being in a musical family was that something they started um getting you lessons for right away or it's so crazy because, like, I always thought that I was going to play the piano because, like, my mom played the piano, my uncle played the piano. Everybody, like, played the piano, and I was told, like, early on that I had, like, piano fingers. And my mom was like, you can play anything 
in the whole entire world, just not piano and any reeded instrument. So no saxophone, no clarinet, no anything. She's like, you know, piano, that's easy, but you want to play something more challenging. And one of the hardest instruments to play is the flute. And, you know, my mom just kind of made it a challenge. And in the fifth grade, um, I said, hey, I want to play the flute. Um, my mom's coworker had a flute that she was like, I don't use this anymore. If this is the instrument that she wants to play, by all means, go for it. And um, I met my music teacher, Mr. Robertson, and like he actually carved out a class for me in the fifth grade um, to teach me private lessons like at 10 years old. And I learned a lot by playing by ear at first. And then I got into the technical aspects of learning how to read sheet music and for those tougher pieces. But for the most part, like my first year, two years of playing flute were all like, oh, I hear it on the radio or I hear my flute instructor playing it. I'm going to follow behind it. Gotcha. No, and that's wild. That's funny. Your mom, your mom's, that's like one of the most coolest statements I ever heard. Piano. Yeah, that's, that's easy. You're better than that. <laughs> and so, no, you're so right. The flute, that's honestly a shout out that you play that. That is amazing. Um, I've known of only a couple people that were, and they were just some of the most amazing musically accomplished people I've ever met in my life and just did it for careers. And, you know, that is definitely takes some time to, you can perform a flute and have just the breath control to be able to handle an instrument. Like, they, like that's definitely a, a shout out. And that's awesome. That's hilarious that your mom said, if his piano is super, I'm a drummer. So piano is like, is like speaking another language to me, man. Like that, that's already way harder. So, so <laughs> that's a whole different level. Um, but that being said, um, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, but so who are your biggest, I'm really curious. So who are like, as far as artists goes, like some of your biggest pop influences or some of your soulful influences or like, who were some growing up or still to today? Do you listen to? Um, to this RIP, like my favorite album, if anybody really wants to know, like my heart, like in my heart of hearts, like what music I identify with is Whitney Houston's I'm your baby tonight. That album like, my mom had it on cassette, and my mom, she drove, like, a 92 Acura, and we played the hell out of that song. Like, the entire, from cassette side A to side B, um, and it really just, it was a album full of dance, but R&B, and, like, I just fell in love with it. And then Natalie Cole's Unforgettable, she redid, like, her um, dad's old stuff, like, I used to sing like Mona Lisa, Unforgettable, The Very Thought of You. Like those two artists, Whitney Houston and Natalie Cole, are probably like, if I could say where I draw the most inspiration from, even in 2023 when I make music, I'm like, man, could I see like a Natalie Cole remix? Could I see, you know, Whitney Houston reincarnated? Could I see a, a, a remix from um, that genre? And then um, Brandy, I love her album, Full Moon. Like that probably, I mean, I've loved all of her music, but like that album, I was just like, you could tell she had really tapped in wholeheartedly to her, her like artistry without the, you know, pressures of like the music business. And she could be completely authentic, authentically herself. Um, but those are like my three. And then like, honorable mention is like faith evans but she was a little bit before my time and was singing a little bit too grown music but i love her like soulful r&b voice i mean it just it sounds like butter and even to this day now like she can sing 
the house down. So I would say like those are like the four that I would like love. And then like on some jazz, I really love uh, Miles Davis kind of blue. That's like one of my favorite albums. And then anything that George Benson does, like these are all mute. Like we, me and my mom would have these nights every Saturday where we would like dance to different music. And like those would be heavy in rotation on Saturday nights. Um, but I can see where now as an adult, as an artist that, you know, picks out music and like that composes and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, no, what you do as a child, like it manifests as an adult, especially if you're a musician. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> First off, I mean, those are great influences, like amazing artists and totally makes sense what you said, like pop, but like incredibly soulful. And, um, but the last thing you said, like it really music that like, how it has uh, affected you as a young kid really, really shapes you like later in life as an adult. And particularly if you've become a musician and like hands down, I think why one of the main reasons why my favorite thing in the world next to my family and friends is music. And that's because like, I, I largely possibly because like my parents were totally big music fanatics, like also um, big fans of, they listen in particular, like just uh, uh, progressive rock or like all kinds of hard rock or classic rock and, I just grew up every weekend, like, or all the time, all the weekdays, you know, with it always blasting on, like, even my mom cleaning the house would be like, you know, cranked on 10. And yeah. I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, I can totally relate because it's affected me today. Yep. So, no, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and actually shout out to my parents. Uh, they're listening in the audience today. So, <laughs> right now. So, shout out to them. It actually is a good time. Uh, shout out to the co-host. How you doing today? What love? How's your day going? Hello, how's everyone doing tonight? Woo! Thank you it's so much. Tuesday. Yes, Taco Tuesday. I had a taco tostada. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm hanging out, vibing, enjoying it. Your music, girl, I just have to say, I can't wait. We haven't announced it yet. I hope we're going to play Live in Life. That song, I had that yep. on repeat. I'm not going to lie. That song is fire. So I'm looking forward to this and hearing your journey and what brought you here. Of course. We chilling. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So let's get on with the questions, Brandon. Let's go. Let's do this. Thank you, everyone, so much. Share this. Um, go ahead and share. Let's get some more people in here. Got me hype, one love. I'll do a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. If anybody has it, reshare the space. Uh, quick shout out also. Thanks for showing up. What's up, Ada? Poison, Benny, how you doing? What's up, Meta? Big shout out to Panda of Africa, Sanadia. Thank you so much for showing up. Mandy, Botina, and Rose, thank you so much for showing. And oh, I miss you, man. K9, Am K. How do you pronounce that? Now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, now I'm tripping out on it. <laughs> K9 millimeter. <laughs> How's it going, man? Just a quick shout out. And uh, yeah, let's get back on track. This is episode 22, uh, artist spotlight, all about Jen Marie. Uh, at the end of the episode, we will open it up if anybody wants to ask Jen or myself any questions or, or ask anything in general. For uh, We talk for a little bit afterwards. Uh, but right now, it's all about Jen. We're focusing. And the uh, next thing I want to ask is perhaps the most important question. What do you love most about creating music? Oh, what I love most? I've been journaling since I was like a kid. Like that was like a form of corporal punishment in the in the house because like putting me in time out just didn't do the trick. So like my mom would always have like a journal, like you need to write down whatever you're feeling. Um, and it has manifested itself as like 
something that I go to in the creative process. I love like scrolling through like my journals and just like looking at like what I've written. And like, if I hear like a certain sound or a certain track that I like, or even if there's not a track that has been like built out, talk about it further and just um building the track how I hear it in my head and and seeing how close I can get to an actual track on wax um and that um journey getting from point a what's in my mind to what's on a piece of paper to actually like a track like that that journey is something special um that I think sometimes you know I'm a creative and no shade to like the um, scientific people and the technology people. But I do feel like just like developers develop and coders code. Like I feel like there's a certain, you know, um, map that creatives take to get from point A to point B. Um, that's just as, as tricky, if you will. And I love that because sometimes what I my first draft is trash and I'm like, uh, this is cool, but yeah, no, it needs to go to the bin. We'll fi figure out something. And then like collaboration is probably like one of my favorites. I love when I can send a voice note to a producer that I, I really connect with. And I'm like, Hey, this is kind of what I want to talk about. This is what I want to sing about. This is a problem or this is a situation that I want to highlight. Here, I'm a, the queen of voice notes. I send voice memos all the time. I think that it is an easy way to just convey what it is you're wanting to talk about. And then a really good mu musician will say, okay, I, I see where you're going. Let me get in Pro Tools or Logic or FL Studios and, and figure the rest out. Um, and I love that creativity. Like, I just love that. It's almost like, you know, the road to Atlantis and just that journey getting from like the map to the actual treasure. I feel like it's the same thing, whether you're developing software, whether you're developing a song, um, it's just, it's beautiful. If you take your writer's block or your frustrations out and really turn those frustrations into a, um, an opportunity. I love that. No. And that's some great advice. I mean, that happens to anybody with any art form um, for sure with music. And like, you know, those are really good ways or that's a good point, like a good idea, and especially like voice, voice, voice notes and just that whole process. And, and I could relate like for sure. I mean, it, it's it, when I was younger, I used to get excited about performing live, which I still do. But like my favorite is definitely like just the creative overall process of creating and uh, recording music for sure. Um, you know, it's something sacred about capturing something in time like that, that you can always go back to and connect with and um you know, they say, you know, there's, it's proven how uh, music is connected psychologically to our memory so closely. And, you know, obviously connects us with certain periods in our life. And then you go back and you hear things and you remember certain things back in your life from that particular song. And, you know, <laughs> it's, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's one of the wonderful, oh, yeah. beautiful things of uh, music, of course. Um, that's really cool. So your YouTube channel, um, everybody here, I recommend checking out the YouTube channel is awesome. It's got a bunch of content, bunch of different type of stuff. Um, at Miss Jen Marie, that's M S J E N M A R I E. And, uh, on there, it says, I'm a singer, songwriter, and YouTuber on the hunt for the latest beauty and lifestyle trends. After trading in her new, in her TV news producer hat, 
To follow her dream of becoming a singer-songwriter and social influencer, she fell in love with YouTube and how to transfer her TV and public relations skills to her passion for creating content in music, beauty, and lifestyle. So I want to I want to ask you if you could share more as this, this awesome statement, you know, that makes me really curious about your background. Um, so can you share about uh, some of your background in TV to, I know you mentioned you're a storm chaser and to how you ended up where you are now. Yes. Oh my gosh. So um, education in my home, like because music was so second nature to everybody in my family, like, everybody like my mom can sing and play the piano my grandma can sing and play viola my uncle can play the organ my great uncle can play and sing the upright bass like so that is nothing that is light work if you will but my mom and great grandmother who helped raise me they were like you know education is key you know but because i grew up a uh, troublemaker if you will um, they had to figure out some way for me to hone in like my disruptive behavior in school. So writing and journaling happened to be one of the things. Um, so I, I started like journaling a lot and those journals became short stories. And then like I, I learned my passion, like as far as like storytelling when I was, I want to say in high school, like my freshman, sophomore year. Um, because my hometown newspaper had like a cohort for um, high school so um, sophomores, juniors, and seniors to be able to write for the hometown newspaper. And I tell my English teacher, whatever I got to do, I want to do that. Um, and I submitted like some of my best short stories, some of my best like English papers, because I was just like, oh man, like I know I don't want to be a doctor. I know I don't want to be a lawyer, but like the storytelling journalism thing and it doesn't hurt that like my one of my favorite movies is up close and personal which highly recommend michelle pfeiffer robert redford um but like i just fell in love with journalism and just the art storytelling and being able to you know give people the why should i care factor because i mean destruction natural disasters is one thing but when you can find those stories um that are outside of that it just it makes a difference it makes people hopeful for the future and for me that's one of the reasons I got into journalism I got into storm chasing because to me I grew up riding roller coasters my mom used to stuff my socks like my shoes with socks so I could be tall enough to ride the rides and I just became like a thrill seeker and from there I was like oh man I want to do what my peers are doing and I and my peers were cis white males so I was like okay whatever they're doing I'm gonna do and they were storm chasing at the time and I just kind of fell in love with like mother nature and being outside being out in the element and it's just it's been fun like even I just now like was yes like last weekend was like the first time in like four or five years that I got in my truck and just started you know rolling after storms and I'm like I miss this like this acts kind of cool um I just enjoy Anything that makes me, one, feel good, but then also, like, what information and value given to other people. Because a lot of people, they don't want to storm chase. They don't want to watch the news. But what can I cherry pick that I feel like other people want to know? And how can I, like, be, like, the middle person to give them information? Like, that, to me, is probably what I want my legacy to be. It's somebody that's a storyteller 
in both music and journalism by giving people information that they can use, but then also giving them information and songs that they can dance to, think to, play to, get married to. So it just all depends. I love that. No, that's fantastic. And I, I love first off, like your whole approach, you know, with music, your message and, you know, it basically you make it fun, but at the same time of value, you know, and you come away like ideally a better person, like more reflective or whatever it is. And, you know, that everybody's on their own journey, right? Where that's supposed to be, but ideally in a better place than before you listen to music. And that all starts by feeling good, having a good vibe. And that's what happens when you listen to music like you create. So super cool. Um, yeah, that's wild. I hear your story about you got like some some uh, bad nerve that you go chasing storms like tornadoes. I'm not gonna lie, um, you you definitely have more nerve than I do. I'd be I'd be hiding, running the other way. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely would be scared out of my mind for tornadoes. I I've never seen one, but I'm a, I grew up in Southern California, so just watching enough YouTube videos or seeing uh, what was that movie Twister growing up? <laughs> seen oh, that, that enough times? Oh my gosh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right right no yeah if you watch it now it's like it's so silly like back in the day you know i was younger so it was like it was super intense you know at that time um but but that's so so my question right away i'm curious how close have you been do you have any gnarly footage of a of a twister like what's some of the gnarliest uh ones you've got that you've come in contact with so the so the first that i ever taste was in 2011 back end of it was like ef5 one of the top tornadoes you could get like, i want to say hey you're you're cutting sorry to cut you off jane you're you're rugging you're starting to cut back in and out a bit i'm not sure if it's a uh an area with reception or what about now it's coming in now if you want to keep going i'll, I'll let you know I'll, I'll give you a thumbs up or just whatever if there's an issue Awesome, awesome. Um, but no, I so one of the first storms that I actually chased was Joplin in 2011, which I got the back end of that. It was like an EF4, EF5, like one of the highest ones. But then in 2013, the El Reno tornado that I was actually chasing, like we got pretty close to where we actually had to get off the side of the road, but I was like, oh, we could get a little closer. But one of my mentors was like, no girl, if you want to live to see your parents, we're going to pull over because it's getting bad. And luckily I'm glad that we did because like the next morning we drove through where I wanted to get closer and like power lines were down, houses were leaning over. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I listened. But yeah, no, 2013 was probably like the, the worst one and then um hurricane florence because like, i i when i got into my journalism career like i chased a couple of tornadoes and covered hurricanes so yeah no i just i love nature anything i can be outside i was born in may so i like being outdoors that's wild no that's cool now, you definitely came close to some serious action like what'd you say f4 at first and then the other one was even gnarlier <laughs> that's uh pretty much as frightening as it gets that's like next to a volcano or a tsunami, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It doesn't get any more hardcore than that for thrill seeking. And, uh, you know, like you're pushing the envelope so much to, uh, that's, that's, you just end up, I can only imagine the respect of mother nature and like to feel the power to be that close. Um, you know, and like, I mean, I love wild storms. I'm used to like, I'm the kind of person like, Oh, it's raining. Yay. Or whatever. The more crazy it is makes me happy. 
but a tornado? No, I'd be hiding for sure. <laughs> so mad respect to that. And I can only imagine the rush though. Like if I did enjoy it, like I can only imagine the adrenaline and like just how like connected to nature and outside and just how wild and most important, how alive you must feel for something like that. You're probably like coming down from that for like a week afterwards. I can only imagine. So <laughs> super, super awesome to hear. I, would, I promised my mom I wouldn't like do any more nature things. Um, after Hurricane Florence, and like I totally, I totally act last weekend. I was like, yeah, no, I got, I got some Doppler radar movement. So let me go and, you know, going on in Mother Nature. But it was, yeah, that's crazy. No, no, that sounds wild, and that makes sense. You gotta, you gotta show respect to mom because you know that's gonna be stressing her out beyond belief i can only imagine if uh i now i have two kids of my own so i, I definitely can start to understand that <laughs> um so let's talk now about we haven't really switched really into web three and this is the beautiful thing long really maybe not but maybe not alone but the main reason why we're talking is how much web three has bringing people together i want to know what inspired you to get into web three or nfts or was it crypto like what was it at first the first moment when that light bulb went off for you um, I actually did a um, music NFT hackathon with a producer, um, a music producer that I knew that was involved in the space in like 2021. And um, he was like, hey, um, I think this would be really, really cool for you because obviously I had a journalism background. I was kind of covering crypto in my day job and I didn't really understand Web3. And he was just like, you know, just just check this out. Like it's a two day course and just see if you like it. Um, I was hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, like decentralized what? Like people can actually make a living, like putting their art, their life, their information on chain and creating community. I'm totally here for it. Um, and that was like late 2021. I collected my first, um, Twenty fourteen and sold it because I was like, "What the hell is this?" One of the biggest regrets of my life, biggest regrets. But hey, we're here now. We're here now, so I can't look back. I have to look forward. Um, but I collected my first NFT in January of twenty twenty two, which was Rug Radio, and I had been following Farouk for years and his Web two journey and like what he was building in Web three. And because I was already a creator, I was like, "This is something that I can." you know, do, cause I was thinking more so on the lines of my YouTube channel and beauty and makeup and, you know, onboarding beauty brands into the web three space. And then music, I found out later on, like, oh, you can bring your music on chain too. And I literally spent like a, a total year. I tell people all the time before you get into like web three or put anything out, like spend at least a year, six months to a year, like learning the space learning the the movers and the powers that be in the space so when you do get ready to bring music on chain or when you do get ready to drop something like you know who to like piggyback ideas off of to make sure like you're doing things the right way that your smart contracts are together because everybody has heard those horror stories of oh my gosh like we did this smart contract and it had a glitch in it and we have a million dollars locked up because like the smart contract is all messed up so, I mean, that's literally how I got into involved as a music producer that, you know, was bringing his beats on chain and he was just like playing around with like 
the idea of having this music on blockchain and it just kind of blossomed into what I'm doing now. That's really cool. No, and you made a, you made a really good point there. Um, and that's the same kind of thing. Like I, I just, it was so, when I first got into a couple of years ago, like it was, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. I imagine for anybody, like something new to a degree, different degrees for anybody. But for me, it was certainly overwhelming at first. And so it was definitely like, you know, I remember when I minted my first NFT on Poly, this uh, millionaire duck club. I still like this image of uh, duck that I still, that I still love. <laughs> but long story short, it, 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 um, the best advice is to move slowly, like, you know, to move slowly, especially if you're trying to drop something yourself or put out your own collection or your own NFTs, like you know, really do your homework. I agree. Even six months to a year. But at the same time, you know, you'll probably learn quick in that journey, how fast things are changing. And so that'll be part of the, the journey and the learning experience, you know, as, as I'm sure everybody here knows, like you have to be learning about what's already popular while then paying attention to what seems to be where the space is heading. Because if you're not doing that, by the time you catch up, well, guess what? You're already left behind. <laughs> and so this space is, it's, it sounds cruel, like almost silly, I guess, cliche, but I mean, this space, that's no joke. Like things move really fast and, you know, there's fads and there's things that are more, more just all about the timing in the right place. And so, yeah, no, you made a really good point there. And that's, I, I feel like one of the things I really value, like I was just on a call with uh, Meta and talking to like Poison DMs and they were giving me some great advice about like where to go and do some um, to do some airdrops and to do some mints and just all this like terrific alpha that like, you know, a year ago, who knows who I would have asked and, and who knows who I would have ended up, you know, acting with some shady. Uh, you never know. So that's you, I really think you nailed the, the nail on the head with that one. So but um, so your producer, you mentioned, is that actually Epic the Illustrator or was is this a different person? So this is a different person. So his name is Death Beach. He actually works for this Web3 company called Pools um, that basically is a marketplace for um, token-gated, like, entities. Um, and he, like, he wasn't even employed at the company at the time. He was just kind of, like, in the community, in the Discord, and, like, hanging out. Um, and then, like, I always say, you know that you have like a good solid foundation when you have friends that are like barely in the door, but they're still holding the door open for you. Like, oh, hey, I'm getting ready to make this move over here. You need to move over here with me. Um, Cause that's really like how it, like how Death Beach actually like onboarded a lot of us. Um, me, Isadora Noor, um, she has a drop on sound right now. Um, there's a lot of us like that were a part of this little hackathon and then just kind of went from there and was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like Izzy went a little bit more like head first than I did, but I was like, mm -mm, I'm not 100% sold yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, that and that sounds like a really awesome person that really was, uh, you know, on the right type of person to onboard you, you know, it sounds like so. And that's interesting, you know, or I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying like who onboards you in this space makes a difference because it can really hurt or um, make your like experience in this space good or bad. Um, because there are a lot of people in this space that are like leaving now because they were onboarded by the wrong people. And then there are people that were onboarded slowly um, and didn't really see like a lot of traction when they first got in that are actually flourishing now because like they played the long game. Like this is literally Web3. I always say it, the tortoise and the hare. If you want to understand Web3, the, the nursery like rhyme, the story that we all grew up reading as a kid, 
the tortoise and the hare. Like slow wins out, like slow and steady wins the race. Very true. Nope, you that's a great point. And it's it's really ultimate determination, you know, nothing setting you off your path. It's not like a fling. So many people come into the space and dip out, right? I mean, it's it, you know, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure some just some more justifiable than others. But regardless, I think you really make a good point with that. And that that I think is valuable advice with any like path anyone decides to go in in life. You know, if you really want to do it, like you have to obviously be that determined that if you know, even if things are developing that slow, everybody wants things to progress fast. But in reality, you might end up being the turtle, not the hare. And you have to be able to be that determined to just, hey, man, I'm here where I'm supposed to be. And it's all good. You know what I mean? I, maybe yesterday was a loss, but I learned from that. And now today I'm, I'm moving better, you know? So, yep. No, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Uh, Want to give a quick shout out to Rigel. Um, She does awesome spaces. Uh, there's like this karaoke, I think mental health, like a, just a variety of different types of Twitter spaces. Uh, if you haven't, I recommend giving her a follow. Uh, thanks for showing up. She always is just a great supporter in a bunch of spaces. And um, yeah, other than that, like I said, I'll reset the room. We're doing the artist spotlight number 22 with Jen Marie. We're here with co-host One Love. What's up, co-host? You doing good over there? Oh, yes, I got I a heart. Here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing the story. I'm over here sitting, uh, thinking about those tornadoes. I'm like, wow, you definitely are a thrill seeker. I am complete opposite i have to be 100 percent honest so i came from the west coast i'm i was born and raised in la and i lived in like las vegas area for 10 years but i moved to south carolina so i i think you're familiar with this area as well and i've been here for 10 years now and i cannot every single year i freak out whenever it's hurricane tornado season in fact i told my mom if i do retire here in south carolina i'm actually planning on building like a bunker because i'm so scared so that's so funny to hear you're such a thrill seeker. That's awesome because we do sit here uh, during the storms and we watch the channels. But I love that. I love the YouTube content creation, everything. So I'm definitely going to check you out, like and follow you. But yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. I'm just sitting here thinking I'm just tripping out. <laughs> that's why Brandon's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm still thinking about how crazy that is, the tornadoes and what a life that, that you've lived with all the excitement. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's funny. Love that. I know South Carolina really, really well. Like my nephew and my um sister, like they're in Columbia, South Carolina. And um I spent a lot of time in South Carolina and North Carolina too. Um and definitely I'm just like, oh man, there but I think Florida gets the worst hurricanes, but like when things get more like up the coast, like up the east coast, that's when it gets a little dangerous. Cause I know when I covered um Hurricane Florence, I was like I didn't know that people got, like, I didn't know Mother Nature, like, hit South Carolina, the Carolinas like this. But, hey, I'll be here until, like, it goes away. Um, My, my, the, I guess one of my favorite hurricanes was probably, well, I wouldn't even say favorite. The most exciting one to cover was probably Hurricane um, Maria because Maria and Harvey were kind of, like, back to back. So it was like, oh, man, Mother Nature is really in her feelings right now. But it made for good content. I enjoyed it, but it was covering the stories after, like, post, like, people that were in Puerto Rico that were still trying to figure out, because they weren't leaving, and then you had people from Houston that weren't leaving, and just seeing them rebuild and really, like, being able to showcase their stories and their resilience was probably the most rewarding. But yeah. yeah, I bet. No, that's totally inspiring. 
um, you know, to be there from kind of like ground zero, essentially, to see the whole thing before, during and after, I guess, you know, reporting like that. That's <laughs> definitely a wild job. Not everybody gets to experience. Um, so, so getting back on track with, uh, so Epic, the illustrator, he's the one who helped produce the song that's live right now, your music NFT live in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, he co-wrote it, right? So you guys both wrote it together. Is that correct? Yes, we did. Nice. And so how did you connect with him out of curiosity? Um, one of my good friends, um, one of my sorority sisters actually introduced me to one of her classmates. And when I moved to Atlanta, me and him connected and I was like, you know, I think I want to do this music like full time. Like I was doing like journalism. I was working at a news organization and then I but my something was still tugging at my heartstrings to like just go with music. Like journalism is a trade, but music is your passion and you need to really get in, into what your passion is. And I remember, you know, talking to my friend and I was like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, he basically was like, if this is something that you really want to do, I'm not about to just be pulling out favors if you're not about that life. Um, so I did like a couple of open mics and and proved myself like, hey, this is what I really want to do. And then he was like, all right, we literally met like in Epic's front yard, like in his driveway. And it started out as just vocal coaching, um, just, hey, I want to get in the saddle because for me, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to like half-ass it or anything. Um, so I wanted to get my vocals back in shape because I hadn't really been singing as much as I, I used to at the time. And it was like a six-week boot camp. And then at the end of the boot camp, he was like, um, I think you're ready to put together your own project. And It's Yours is the actual like project, but Living Life was the actual single. And that's why, like, it's it's my baby. That's why I have, like, the, the Genesis NFT now because I'm just, like, I'm building, like, an experience around that because of just how the song came about because I literally had to work for it. It wasn't one of those, oh, I'm just going to get in the studio. But I literally, to even get in the room with Epic, I actually had to, like, basically, like, intern to get some of his time. Gotcha. No, man. Hey, that's how it has to go sometimes. Um, that's awesome, though, no, to hear how like how special the song is to you and, and to hear that a little bit. So let's put that on. Um, so if anybody wants to support uh, it right now is on Zora.co. That's Z-O-R-A dot C-O. And uh, yeah, what was it? It's um, 0.02 ETH. What? I'm sorry. What was the uh, I know I got one the other day. I'm trying to think. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's 0.02 ETH. Um, it is a slow mint. I will. I, I don't I promote it, but not like I don't shill it every day because I'm like the people that I want to attract this particular track are people that actually like vibe with the music and the experience. Um, because again, like I said, like earlier, like, I really feel like people should probably spend like a year in the space and really curate and cultivate like something that they can build on to where holders and people that are a part of it, um, can have something special. And yeah, no, I decided to go through Zora because I'm a big fan of Latasha and what she's done with Zoratopia. And I told her, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready to, you know, put my plot project on, um, blockchain and um, I'm building around it. And she was like, well, Zora is like where you want to go. Um, no shade to any other platform. Um, I love them all. I've tried them all in various ways. But um, sometimes I really just like, I look at like who's behind the scenes and I'm like, oh, I want to support you because I know what 
I know your heart was in the right place when you built this out. So, yep, that is living life. No, and well, true. No, well said. <laughs> that's so true what you said. Um, and, uh, and that's cool to hear a little bit about that. If anybody is able to, I recommend it. Like she said, it's on Zora.co and Oni 0.02 ETH. So very moderate. Um, I love this song. Let's put it on. Give me one minute here. Make sure I'm on wide spectrum. Yeah, I love this song. Man, dude, that hits hard. Those, the chorus is just like addicting. It is so beautiful. You have an amazing voice. I've uh, been un honestly enjoying playing it all week. So no, thank you so much for uh, letting us play it for tonight. Like I said, if anybody can, hop on Zora.co. Come on, folks. You know you want this in your collection. Come on. <laughs> There's only 100, I think, of there, right? You say 100 total that's available? Yes. So the idea is uh, living life is going to be an experience that I build around. Um, so those 100 Genesis, like no matter whatever I like release on chain, like those hundred passes will be like the OG you would think about it as like one of the OG roles if you will and I'm building out now with my team you know uh, with different brands that I work with um obviously I said like I have a YouTube channel I work with different beauty brands and like onboarding those brands into the web3 space like how can I give value back to those holders um, so that's why I did like a hundred people are like, oh, you should just do sound and just do an open edition. I'm like, yeah, I could do that for other songs, but this one, because it's a brand, it's living life. Like I love living life and brunch on Sundays and hanging out with the girls and just chilling. So building a, uh, an experience around that has been really, really cool thus far. So it's a slow and steady mix. No, no, no. It's hey, man, that, that song is the vibe. I love it so much. That is exactly like you described it. And it was funny. I was hitting like the emoji. I was feeding what you're saying. And then you're like, hey, hang it with the girls. And I'm like, yeah, 100. I'm like, oh, no, now I'm just now I'm just sounding silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Oh, man, it's totally the vibe. Um, I really, really dig it. And uh, yeah, I, I was listening to a lot of your music. I like a lot of the other stuff. Uh, there's a few songs on YouTube um you know there's the uh think about you i really like the music on that one that loop is really really addicting and we played sacrifice in the beginning as well has amazing vocals on there really emotive so oh. so very cool very cool um getting back on gear um so what was it about uh let's see oh no i already asked you about that and so the main thing i wanted to really ask is um what would like what about web3 or nfts or decentralization what would you say you're the most passionate about cuz you're not signed with a record label i'm assume right are you independent yes straight um independent so i am a member of um hard drive which is a community based record label right so i pay a monthly fee and i have like all access basically um and it's really revolutionizing how we look at the music industry um, instead of me sifting out like producers or whatever, trying to find different producers, like there's already like producers that are in the portal that like upload their tracks. Um, they already have a distribution service. So whenever I'm ready to distribute on DSP, like it's a one-stop shop, like it literally, like they are literally like transforming the music industry. And Michaela Shiloh, who is the found, uh, one of the founders of the community-based label, um, really built the label community first. 
because and this is before web three like this was built in like 2019 and she was just like i want to take what all i've learned good and bad in the music industry and build um a label where people don't have to come out of pocket too much to like go for their dreams and i was like oh i i can deal with that i can i can get with that that's no problem and hard drive has literally been the reason how I've gotten into Web3 because if I wasn't a part of Hard Drive, I wouldn't have met Death Beach. If I wouldn't have met Death Beach, I wouldn't be in Web3. If I wasn't a part of Hard Drive, I wouldn't have met um, Isidore Noir, who is one of the co-writers on um, Spend It On Me, which is a song that I have on DSP now. If it wasn't for Hard Drive, I wouldn't have um, Lottie, who is one of the songwriters on Spend It On Me, but she's also one of the uh, managers for uh, um, TK the legend who is killing it in web three right now. Um, so it's literally been like different tentacles from this particular organization that has really propelled me into like, you know, my musical journey, um, which I wouldn't be in web three if it hadn't been for hard drive and just really going for like, you know, this is really what you want to do. Like, just ask if you want to do something, just ask and we will point you in the right, right direction to go for it. That's cool. No, I'm glad you gave them a shout out. I actually have not heard of their name before. I'm not familiar, so I'm going to definitely look them up. I'm writing a little note to myself. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds really cool. Like a community-based record label. I mean, that it, very similar, like is what inspires like Beaver Jam, what inspires what Samantha Stein. I know you're a big supporter of um, tuning in NFTs as well. Yeah, um, yeah no, I love uh, Samantha. She's amazing. Such an awesome person in this space. And so I was real happy. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm not sure if you're, you were trying to talk. It was it was cutting out, so I wasn't sure if I'm talking over you. <laughs> I love being NFTs. I I remember um, again, Web three slow and steady wins the race, and the loudest one is not always right in the room. And Samantha has literally been slowly building tuning in NFTs for a while now. Um, there are other um web three projects that are doing things that are similar but the fact that she just keeps on and is in her own lane i'm like when tuning nft pops off because it is going to happen um i want to be there front row like vip passes um yeah it is so I, I believe what she's building is going to be top tier and like the community that our hardcore OGs will be able to like, you know, benefit off, off the fruits of hard labor as well as the labor that we put into the the project as well. Well said. Absolutely agree. A hundred percent. So, and we're actually real excited. Beaver Jam's excited to announce we have officially partnered with tuning in NFTs. Um, you know, we are actually, fo we focus more a club that's based on music production and, you know, Samantha, what she is, uh, is tuning in NFTs is all about music discovery and music promotion. And so it was a no-brainer. We've had now several meetings, um, literally face-to-face -face through Zoom. And we're super excited about all these ways we can help each other. And there's a, it's almost a synchronistic, our, our meeting. We have so many similarities. Um, it was almost like more than coincidence, like like an extreme amount. We're like, this is a little bit freaky. So uh, and those are the only ones we realized at that point, like several others have come up since. But long story short, I agree, full-blown, totally uh, love everything they're doing over there. She's so professional. Everything is so smooth and seamless. And mm -hmm. that's that that's kind of perhaps to what you're talking about. You know, it's not about going too quick to where you're pushing things out. You're over promising, under delivering the opposite. You know, she's taking her time and she's doing things right. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, you go to a new website they launched or anything from their light paper. I mean, it, it is done with excellence. And so she really has the experience to do things on a whole different level that a lot of other projects really just honestly can't compete at that level of professionalism, I really believe. So we were honored that she wanted to work with Beaver Jam as well. And we're real excited about the uh, the future. We're going to be doing a lot of spaces coming up over the next uh, month or two and uh, where we're both co-hosting. So we'll just be on the lookout. We'll be announcing that. And we have a, a bunch of plans, a bunch of things we want to take move forward with. So yeah, I definitely want to make a shout out. Yes, I love that. I love that. I, I can honestly, and like, to be honest with you, like just to piggyback off of that, I do believe that a lot of the fatigue that we are in right now with the Web3 market is because people went really, really hard, really, really fast, and they did not really take the time to build. But it, I, for shadow of a doubt, I truly believe those people that built during the bear market and did not leave will prosper like exponentially when that bull market comes. Like I... There are a lot of people, if you go into different discords and different telegram groups, it's just GM, GM here, 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 but no real conversation. But those people that are really, really building in the space and connecting in these spaces, whether it's eight people or 80 people, like when that bear market comes, oh, we're all eating. All. So. Yep. 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 (laughs) I thought the same thing, you know, like the people really put in the time now, like, like it as, as the bear marketing or things change and it becomes more bull and more people start just flowing in. I mean, it, people will take notice who are the ones that have things built up and developed and all these connections. And, and and that's another thing you also, I, I big shout out because you're involved with the, you're utilizing the lens protocol. Is that why you have lens in your name or is that for a separate reason? And I'm mixed. Yes. No, I actually, um, Stephanie Guerrero, she's a, um, she's a heavy hitter in web three, very heavy hitter in web two. Um, as well as like I'm a part of SheFi as well, which is basically onboarding women into like the decentralized finance um, spectrum. Um, but they were both very, very instrumental in like getting us like lens handles and really building because everybody assumes like, oh, it's Ethereum, Ethereum, Ethereum. But I know music NFTs that are having a moment in Cardano. Uh, Cardano, I know music NFTs that are having their moment in Solana right now. It's literally where you want to build and where you want to bring your community. But because it's based on a blockchain, what blockchain is really going to go to the moon in the next? What blockchain is going to be the next Bitcoin? Um, I believe, and not financial advice, do your own research, but I do believe that, you know, um, Polygon and, um, Cardano and Optimism, like these smaller brands that are are still under a dollar, a little over a dollar, like they're going to have their moment. Um, And with Polygon, there's so many like different brands, like Starbucks is working with them. SheFi is working with them. Adidas, like any brand that you can think of, like Polygon is like there. Um, Warner Music just decided that they wanted to partner with Polygon. Um, and Lens is on Polygon and Matic. So it's one of those things where I'm like, who is really building for, one, a good affordable entry point for the every man, I will say. But then, like, what has the most potential to really, like, go to the moon? We say, oh, win, moon, win, moon, win, moon. But it's like, take a step back and look at what company, what white paper, what group of people are actually building for that moon to happen. 
So that's why I have a lens um, account. And yeah, you can find me hanging out oh. over there. <laughs> nice. I'm about to be onboarded to the lens community. Uh, I have a um, meeting with the um, one of the senior, um, uh, forget his exact title, but involved with onboarding people. I think a senior onboarding, something like of that nature. And he, uh, anyhow, named Bradley, seems like a real nice guy. He's uh, willing to talk to me, so he must be a nice guy. <laughs> or a brave guy. <laughs> and anyhow, I'm excited to get involved. Um, Wine Bags, a quick shout out if anybody hasn't uh, familiar, is another artist in Web3. There's amazing electronic and different types of music, but amazing um, producer and creator and he uh basically is using the lens protocol and he did all of that with around his new project also using with async and it's a generative art um ai project it's really interesting called a uh, players cards with z's at the end of the names um yeah just a little shout out if anybody has it keep an eye open for that but but he uh, was the one who hooked me up and since learning about that it just seems like it's such a, an amazing way like make things so seamless like you literally now can have your nft uh, literally in your post on social media and somebody can just literally then have that link straight to your NFT from your post and things are so much more seamless with the lens protocol. That's only one of the many things. I mean, it's a, I'm super excited to be with them because I, everything I've been learning, it seems like it's largely the future. And I agree like Polygon is in a lot of ways um, has an advantage, you know, I mean, just, well, the transactions are just fraction of a cent typically. And it's, the amount of like, like you said, actual mainstream like places or platforms, just generally, um, it, uh, you know, it becoming normalized is. It, it seems like it's going to be the big main player in the future, if not one of the, you know, one of the few for sure, hands down. I stand by that. I said what I said, and I stand by it. Um, one, I've just been researching and looking at like the different uh, coins and the different just blockchains that are being like things that are built on and I don't see anybody, nobody, there are people that are partnering and building on Ethereum, but like for mass adoption to happen, like, let's be clear, like way be tripping, like gas it is a mess. I say buy NFTs in the middle of the night. Um, but the sustainability and affordability for mass adoption, the only way that web three is really going to succeed is if we make it, like user friendly and make the onboarding process more seamless. Cause everybody on here has their like, damn, like how do I fund this wallet or do I fund my MetaMask and then transfer this over Coinbase ledger? This like, it's really not that seamless, but for protocols that are building to make it for the everyday man, for a 55 year old man or woman to buy an NFT, like that's when mass adoption will happen. And I do believe that, um, Polygon and Optimism and even Near and um, Algorand are like some protocols are actually building for mass ad adoption and you know not financial advice but it's just what I've been reading and what I've been seeing and just the white paper that I've been reading that's the only way that mass adoption is going to happen um, I love what Sound is doing right now um, with their level 2 or L2 um Ethereum, like how they're being able to like cross by like NFTs now, whereas a year ago it was only on Ethereum or only on Cardano or only on Solana. Um, I just see like where token gated experiences, especially in the music business, like that's gonna be 
a big thing. Can you imagine being able to like go to a concert, like a Taylor Swift concert right now, be able to show your NFT, unlock not only your ticket, but also a swag bag. Like that's what Web3 is supposed to be. Now there are a lot of people that are cash grabbing right now, but the people that are building slow and steady in this space, that are thinking about like, what do I want for somebody to experience? Like if I have a music production workshop, do I want to, you know, mint these tickets and have people be able to mint the experience and have like a swag bag or a hoodie or whatever. Like these are things that I feel like people are thinking about now in this um, bear market or bull market. No bear market, bear market. Excuse me. Um, but I say all that to say, like I'm going on a tangent because I'm really passionate about this. Um, I just feel like people that are thinking like fans and that are building around the fan experience are going to be the people that are really, really um, going to be successful. I, I just, I, I just believe it wholeheartedly. Yeah, I completely agree. You, you said that perfectly. Um, and I, I know, I know MetaMask is, is all fired up right now. <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, he's actually uh, put out his music NFTs on Poly, and we've had many talks about that and think also agree it's the future. Um, so I, I see him going crazy, the emojis. I know he's loving it right now. <laughs> he's like, that's right. So, <laughs> uh, but no, you really, hit, you made a lot of good points. And, and I agree totally. Like that's when we see it that easy and that's secure, you know, for a 55 year old or any kind of senior, anybody like, you know, or that's not a senior, but also seniors to be able to, you know, just to be able to mess around in this space without like any issues. Like that's what it's going to take to get to that level. And in reality, no one is going to be wanting to be paying, you know, several dollars to 20 or $30 in gas fees. It has to be competitive to transaction fees for credit cards. That has yep. to be, you know what I'm saying? It has to be at that level to compete. And I think we all know that. So that, that's why ETH, everybody, ETH is good for a lot of reasons, a lot of security by minting on ETH and doing everything with it. But at the same time, boy, it can be frustrating, man, when gas is rough. It's like, it's it, it makes me like rub my face in my hands. Like this is like, you know, makes everybody just feel like, you know, you, you want to like, especially if you have a giant mint plan, you have all this activity and all this hype and boof, gas can just derail all mm -hmm. that progress. That's and we've seen it. We've seen it. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm. Oh, trust me. Yeah, big time. Um, oh, man, I can think of a few cases. And yeah, no, 100%. So uh, you really said that perfectly. And we're getting towards the end. I really respect your time. We've already been going an hour and 15 minutes, so I'm not sure. Do you have Do you have a few more minutes to uh, finish up with us? Or no worries if you got to go, of course. I know we've been going for a while. <laughs> you know, I've got 15 more minutes to chill and kick it with y'all. All right. Well, I appreciate that very much. We got a few more questions, or a couple more, and then we'll open up. Anybody has any questions? Open it to the audience. I'll ask One Love what she's doing. But <laughs> uh, I want to know: Have you performed in the metaverse yet? As far so, as live? Yeah. So I did a show with um, this artist called Shilly. He has a project out, um, basically a board eight project. Um, and no shade to anybody that owns a board eight, but like he decided to build a whole music brand around it. And he was like, Oh, you know, I'm looking for artists. And, you know, he did a, a show a couple weeks ago. Well, actually, no, it's been a, a month or two now. And it was cool. Um, we use, um, what do you call it? Hype, not hype bot, but hype shot um, to where people can mint those performances or parts of the performances, which was kind of cool. Um, but again, it was one of those learning curves to where it's like, yeah, I can see where we do this better. And it's, it was fun. But I still like performing like live, live. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've said this many times in spaces, like nothing can ever replace a live performance. Like, you know what I mean? That's magical, like in real life to be there. But at the same time, like as technology is evolving so fast, like we all know what with COVID, the whole world was shut down in a blink of an eye. Like it is going to be like a necessary part of the future. And, and I've said this also a few times, like I really think it's going to be a regular thing that all musicians, all artists utilize in their tour. Like, oh, here's our European dates, our American dates, and and here's our, you know, couple nights that we're performing in the in one of the metaverses or something. And, and um, when you think about, like, we'll picture, like, the future, like, how psychedelic shows are already with all the visuals and, and things you can do. But, like, within the metaverse, like, if you can have, like, a, a dev or a team work ahead of time with a, mu- with a musician, like, on their vision, what they actually, like like with the music to literally design an entire experience psychedelic to immerse like the audience into the music. I mean, oh man, it's so exciting. Like some of my most favorite music I can almost, you know, picture like to that level. And we're really just beginning, you know, we know a lot of like the stuff we see from the metaverses is just really in its infamous infancy. And it's just exciting to, you know, it's a no brainer how awesome we can, how far we can take it. And I think eventually it's going to be, you know, just groundbreaking, like totally revolutionizing digital or, or concert experiences in general. So super excited. Um, very excited about that. But uh, so a question, though, about are you concerned, though, about how AI is changing the music industry, like concerned about your likeness being used at some point without your consent or or on the contrary, are you not too worried and you're more like just excited to utilize AI? Um. I am actually excited about AI. Like, because at the end of the day, AI is a computer. It's a robot. It is something that you have to program it to do. So it can only do what you allow it to do. So that's what I think about when I think about like different AI music, when we're talking about uh, Grimes' project and utilizing her voice. TK has a kid. uh, Sarah Phillips has a kid like these these artists are telling the computer what to do and they're allowing artists to find their own voice within that with the help of a computer. The computer isn't doing anything that you don't tell it to. So I'm actually excited. I feel like the people that are actually worried about AI are lazy people that don't want to learn the technology and how to use it to the best of their abilities. Um, I feel like the suits are are worried Um, and it's, one more thing that they don't have the control of, which is an even bigger problem in the music industry now, because there are a lot of people that are trying to keep things as it was in the music industry and technology is moving to where people are able to create if they want to. They can control what a computer does, just programming. Like people, like there are people that I know for a fact that are making, you know, six seven thousand dollars just to make prompts for different companies you still need a human aspect and it's no different in music so people say oh you know ai is going to kill everything no it's not because you really need a person to control the ai to let it know what it's supposed to do it's the people that don't want to (laughs) learn how to control these prompts that are like freaking out but i'm here for it i love technology I love that attitude. No, you know, there, there's, I've definitely heard a lot of good points made on all sides, but at the same time, like I, I'm in your camp a hundred percent. I'm, I'm totally excited. And partly just because I'm like a new music junkie. 
So I'm like, I, I never have enough new music. I'm not going to lie. So I'm like, wait, you just mean there's a shit, or I try not to customize, but a bunch more new music? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of like basic in that mind. At the same time, you know, I, I, I kind of have more faith. I, I guess it depends where you live, but more faith overall that the legal system will work out the kinks. And, uh, you know, sure, right now it seems, oh, like some of these issues might be a little frightening because it's unsettled. But I, I just have faith that overall in the long run that a lot of these issues will be will be worked out, um, especially in the Western world or things where you'd, you'd hope that it'd be, you know, kind of a, to a logical conclusion or you would hope at least. But, but nowadays, nothing surprises me, that being said. So, <laughs> but regardless, um, so I have a question actually of an interest, and you mentioned this, um, something you want to talk about. And it really is an interesting thing because we're seeing right now the writer's strikes, the animators were on strike recently. There's strikes in all these different industries in connection to AI and the potential threat it could be within the workforce. So, how do you think, in particular, that's going to affect the music industry? Um, to be honest, the reason why the writers are striking and the actors are, have joined the strike now is because people are not getting paid. It's no different than when um, the Grammy advocate, because I'm a member of the Recording Academy, we were doing a big effort for um, uh, different proposals that we wanted Congress to pass for people to get their fair share. Right now, um, Spotify is paying like, a fourth of a penny per stream so you have to like have a bajillion streams to make back what you will put into the actual like recording time paying an um, engineer to mix and master and if you want visuals like you only get maybe like what four thousand dollars for every like three or four million streams like that's nuts um but I think that what happens with writers, because music people were still listening, we still consume it, like nothing changed. Um, and we still were discovering music. We were still doing like TikTok dances and finding different people to like, you know, connect with on a musical basis. I think that with the writer strike and highlighting the people that are behind the scenes that aren't getting paid, like you think of something like the Orange is New Black, like, I remember it being equivalent to like the Game of Thrones at the time for Netflix. I know like actors that were on that show that have made $27 in like residuals since that show ended. Like that's ridiculous, but it shows up on Netflix all the time. So I think that what we're seeing with the writer's strike is going to have a direct reflection on what goes on in the music industry. Cause it's just like, so y'all aren't paying anybody. So if entertainers don't entertain, if musicians decide that they want to, you know, charge extra, because what's going to happen is things are going to get more expensive. Actors' rates are going to get more expensive. Producers' rates are going to get more expensive um, because they, they got to make their money somehow. So with these corporations that have like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000, like... Bob Iger over at Disney's making $27 million. And you mean to tell me that until people, you won't really care about the strike until people start losing their apartments out of this world, out of this world. So people are just going to have to recalibrate and 
the impact that it's going to have on music. I know I, I submit for briefs all the time. I can tell there's a distinct difference. And I know I'm going all around the track, but there's a distinct difference between the music sync briefs that I was getting before the strike and the sync briefs that I'm getting now. Like everything is on a halt. So therefore music supervisor are at, a, at they're at a standstill. So it's, we're all literally in this together and we're really figuring out how much music and entertainment intertwine. And I think that the levy was cracking with the music industry, but I think the levy broke with the writer's strike because you really get an overview of how many people are impacted. I say all that to say, once the Writers Guild figures it out, like I believe that there will be like a plan in place for musicians next. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> right? No, you you definitely said that. I totally agree with everything you said, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think anybody here knows, you know, with what, back 20, 30 years ago, you could release an album in music and literally have generational wealth. I mean, <laughs> some of these albums made so much money. It's like insane over the years. And like, it's it's tragic to think about, you know, what's the same time, what what's happened. I mean, at the same time, though, of course, that's progress. And that is the progress that brought us to Web3, you know, indirectly. So it's just how life goes. You got to roll with the punches, obviously, or, or roll with the, the evolution. Things are naturally heading. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your, your input on that. I totally agree with on a lot of points. And hopefully we see that, you know, really, really affecting in a lot of positive ways because people have been taken advantage of for just way too long, you know. Oh, yeah. um, but I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, especially creatives, and I dare you to watch a TV show or a movie on mute. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's true, especially creatives. I was talking to a shout out to a artist spotlight guest we did with uh, Aeromist, um, just chatting with him on the phone the other day, and it was saying things like, "Oh man, he's and he's such a creative person, he's an amazing vocalist, but he just." just can't do marketing he tells me you know it just or it's it's hard for him he can do it really well it's just not something he prefers to do i believe if i'm putting him in what he was saying and it just makes sense because a lot of people that are so so talented like that you know music and art is such like a personal thing it's sometimes like where you can be the most vulnerable because you know it's it's indirect with people but it's like a safe place and it's something that's like usually a passionate expression of some of the most uh, important emotions or experiences uh, that somebody wants to convey or life lessons. And so, yeah, I mean, it's um, definitely makes sense that that's something that uh, for some people just how it is. So, but yeah, we're getting to the end. Uh, I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed this conversation. Um, really, really thank you so much. And you're just such an interesting person, a bright Per, uh, personality in Web3 and I'm so happy you're here doing what you're doing. You have an amazing voice and I really, really love your music. Uh, so I'm glad to be part of Holder and I'm glad to hear that's now part of the Genesis collection. So yeah. definitely want to be a uh, uh, hold on to those. Uh, did anybody, oh, and a big shout out. I see Seko is here. She also is one of our guests we had earlier. Just a shout out to her, an amazing vocalist. Hope you're doing well. Uh, nothing but love, Seko. And uh, yeah, did anybody have any questions or anything else? We're at the end of the space now. If not, I'm just going to uh, start picking on One Love. What are you doing, One Love? You, are you still with us? <laughs> What's going on? Absolutely. Are you even kidding? Am I still with you? Yes, <laughs> I, you know how I am. I can talk to you. So I know that me and uh, Jen could sit here and probably chat for hours with everyone in this space. So I actually look forward to following you. 
And uh, I'm definitely going to be following if you're in any spaces or uh, everything you said totally resonates with me. And also being a, a female in Web3 and just I love technology, music, me and Brandon get along. I just love that uh, how we just unite in everything, music, Web3, all the creativity, the collective, just everything. So, yeah, just hearing everything that you said. I, I, like I said, I can do the same thing. Brandon knows I could sit here and go on and on and on. So I'm, I'll make it short, but I definitely look forward to following you and uh, following you on our journey, on your journey, as well as all of our journey. And I just want to thank you. Yes. Thank you everyone for being here tonight. And I look forward to you next time and love light and one love always. Yeah. Always love your Always love your vibe, one love. Thank you so much. <laughs> Always appreciate it. And thank you so much for co-hosting. If I rug, somebody's here to hold down this space. And you're the only person I know right now that's got the same fire energy to hold it back, to be the co-host for Beaver Jam. So <laughs> nothing but what, uh, love, one love. And uh, what's up, Meta? I, I gave you the mic, man. How you doing tonight, bro? Hey, I'm doing good. Hell yeah. What's good, B? What's good, one love? And I wanted to say... Hell yeah. I wanted to say a huge thank you to Jen for, you know what I mean? And you, Beaver Jam, for bringing her because that was one of the most amazing spaces I've been in in a while, and it did. It felt like a TED Talk, felt like a panel. And not only did we learn about you and the music, but you were so informative with everything you did in, from blockchain to empowering women. And the list goes on, man. You're an amazing person. So I just wanted to come up and say that. And you know what I mean? I followed you. So I appreciate you and appreciate your time. Much love. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Definitely follows you back. I see you are a Web3 musician. So definitely I'm always down to collab. My Zoom and Google Meets are open. <laughs> Ooh, now we're talking yeah yeah shout out about meta meta is an amazing web3 musician and so is poison de peso peso <laughs> uh they are both amazing web3 musicians doing hip-hop uh all types of different uh, you gotta see they're performing left and right in the metaverse they are all over huge supporters of just a lot of people in this space man they're they're the type of people that are showing up every day supporting anybody and everybody who who really deserves it to, you know, get it back. So nothing but love. And yeah, man, thanks for coming up. But yeah, we're at the end of the space. So uh looks like we got Adabody wanted to request up. Let me give him the mic. Let him connect. What's up, man? Yep, loud and clear. Thanks so much for adding me. Um, I just wanted to say thanks as well. Just uh, wanted to add to what Meta was saying Uh it was like de definitely like a TED talk. There was so much to learn from that. Thanks so much for sharing everything that you have uh, experienced so far. Um, I especially really enjoyed, uh, you know, a lot of things you were saying and um, the the community that you said that you were onboarded to the uh, the hard drive. Um, that sounded really interesting. Um, uh, uh, how would I go about finding some uh, like uh, finding that or? Uh, yeah, no, so it's in my bio. So it's hard drive, H-R-D-R-V, the label. Awesome. Yeah, no, like, definitely, like, check us out. Come to one of the Sunday sessions, because we meet every Sunday to just talk about the industry and whatnot. And, yeah, no, I definitely, it's a community-based label, and I, I love what they have been able to build and the gap that they are bridging between the old school music industry and where the music industry is now. Oh, fantastic. That sounds so awesome. Yeah. Like the whole concept of the community label is it's, it's really nice. It's like um, one of the problems that 
is, you know, I'm sure you've, you've had your fair share of is a lot of this gatekeeping uh, that's just can be a little bit hard to go, go, go around. Um, but yeah, community label, everyone's with each other. That sounds really awesome. And I, I had one more question for you. Um, yeah. uh, did, uh, do you, have you ever uh, done electronic music at all? I do a lot of uh, dance and electronic music. I just haven't released it yet, but I do definitely submit them for like sync and music placements and whatnot because that's like really what people are looking at right now, like 80s dance, pop, and electronic music. So it's in the vault. I I love a good dance song. Like I I enjoy it. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for speaking. I really appreciate it so much um i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken i believe that you actually submitted to be a hug studio artist mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure the vote is uh 10 out of 10 for your application i'm like what is that look so familiar but yes no <laughs> if that was you so like trust and believe like i definitely you won't regret that decision either awesome thank you so much i really appreciate that no problem <laughs> Love it, love it. Ada is an awesome person. Thanks for coming up, man. You're always supporting the spaces. Um, you know, big, big appreciation, man. I really appreciate you in the space. Uh, yeah, and thanks for coming up also. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Another one, another awesome episode. Um, and just so everybody know, we have this recorded, um, so just like normal. But what we do is we actually throw it up. Uh, Twitter spaces only last 30 days before they're deleted. So we actually we, we edit out the music you know, for copyright, obvious reasons. Um, but we keep up the whole conversation. We throw it up on all podcast streaming platforms. And so, yeah, even though this was a cool, intimate conversation with a bunch of, with a group of friends, maybe hundreds of thousands to millions will hear it over the long run on my, no. <laughs> more people will hear it in the long run and uh, just letting everybody know it is recorded so you can listen back. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. We also, I didn't really mention much. Jubilee Lee is also, we had a guest, uh, one of our artist spotlights also, She's amazing vocalist, and her NFT is still available. Um, I forget what platform, but you can check it out in her bio. Definitely recommend checking that out. Also, pop music, an incredible vocalist. And I know she has a new drop coming out soon, so pay attention to that also. There's music coming out everywhere, man. It's summertime. It's the time to be dropping. And speaking of which, last thing to mention before we end the space. Uh, so please, if you're interested, Beaver Jam is coming out with our first collab song, like I said, we're a music club. We specialize in music production. Our first song is a reggae. Uh, it's like reggae uh, slash hip hop inspired. And we're doing the song with the reggae artist, Rohan the Great. Um, so we're going to be doing a bunch of things, some uh, spaces and a lot of things promotion wise. He's getting into Web3 full blown. Just one of the most talented people I've ever met and honor to be working with that guy. So thrilled. He literally finished the vocals today i was talking to him we're mixing this week at my friend's uh, sound engineer's place and so it's it's coming out soon i'm, I'm extremely excited I, I know i've been uh hyping this up for a long time no we can produce good music trust us and i only have music like from years ago so this is finally i like i said it's a proof of concept so you can see hey man i'm for real <laughs> it's going down this music is this is is funky and it's gonna be awesome so um but yeah and that's thanks to the people i'm working with largely so um, nothing but love. Thank you so much for everybody for tuning in tonight. And uh, we're going to end it with some more of Jen Marie's music. So let's put on another couple tracks and I'm going to end the space. And please, if you haven't, uh, definitely go. I recommend supporting. Um, the track is up on Zora, that's Z O R A dot C O. 
And that's where you get Jen Marie's new music NFT, Living Life. Song's been out for a little bit, but this is the first time now as a music NFT. It's being offered only 100. So you want to get it only 0.02 ETH. So not bad at all. Pretty cheap. I think gas is pretty good right now, at least when I checked a few hours ago. Me and gas, we have, me and Gway, we have a love-hate relationship. But it's it's decent now. But I say just in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night. That's what I do. Yep, in the middle of the night. In particular, I notice Sunday nights too, right? A lot mm -hmm. of people like, you know, and I'm lucky because I'm on the West Coast in Cali. So usually like it's it's not as late for that little bit of like the, the most dead window to arrive. It, it hits me first, in other words. So, or not, not first, but just earlier in the night, so to speak. <laughs> but anyhow, had a great conversation. And uh, yeah, let's play a couple more songs. And yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Funk Forward. <laughs> <laughs>